0: Outside of the snow. <laughs> we are blessed. We know warm weather is coming. We know that. Actually, had my shovels put away, had to break them out. <laughs> um, well, we have a, a special guest here this morning, Heron from Sri Lanka. And I don't know if you can see the flag over there that's yellow and has the lion on, and that is the flag for the nation of Sri Lanka. And I'm just gonna just share just a few minutes here on. What brought us to Sri Lanka? How many know where uh, Sri Lanka is on a map? (laughs) There's a few. I didn't know where it was until I met Pastor Woody, who was actually a student at Christ for the Nations back uh, uh, after I got out of the Marine Corps, 1987, 1988. He came in, I believe, around 1988. And I I was over the student ministries evangelism outreach, and he was part of that. So I had a 10 foot cross. I'd carried it downtown Dallas and in Arlington, Texas, and we went out with students. And so Woody, uh, Pastor Woody, but at that time was a businessman, and he felt the call of God to, to walk away from that and to go into ministry. And so he was in my outreach, and I got to know him a little bit, and, and, uh, but uh, he thought I was some crazy radical. It's like this guy carrying a ten-foot cross, you know, sharing Jesus. Well, uh, I graduated and moved on, and, and then he uh, uh, eventually graduated, went back, was married, and went back to Sri Lanka and started a ministry there, uh, which is uh, back then majority. There was very, very small uh, minority of Christians in the nation, and it looks like a teardrop off of the island of uh, off of the country of India. It's an island. It's about 20-ish million people, mostly Buddhists in the southern part and Hindus in the northern part. They were in a civil war for 30 years, and I believe that ended somewhere around April of 2009. Our first trip came about by Woody mentioning to he was friends with Rhonda's sister, Teresa. I know some of you care about this. It's a little bit of a story. Uh, and, and it's amazing how God works, is what I'm trying to say, to bring you in a nation. It really is amazing. And sometimes those casual encounters are God encounters, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So grab a hold of that and beer with the rest. And so what uh, happened was uh, Woody made mention, said, could we get Mike to come? Could he come to Sri Lanka? I'm like, I remember Woody. And uh, so we met with him up uh, somewhere in, like, South Dakota. He was up visiting family. This is in 2000, 2001. And, and so a missionary, Peter Mel, and I, we went and did a first trip in 2000, I believe, two or 2001, 2002. We did our first trip to Sri Lanka and uh, basically just showed up. And there was a youth gathering that uh, Mitch uh, uh, was involved with, or actually was the church at the time, Woody's church. And so if you knew Peter Mel, he just grabbed the mic and took over. <laughs> and 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 we just preached the gospel, ministered to these kids, and that began to grow. We were invited back to where hundreds of these uh, history maker outreaches happened. Well, those first meeting there, Heron showed up, and he was in the corporate world, and, and, and just went, i let him share some of the difficulties he went through, and Pete had a word for him, and we prophesied over him, and radically changed his life, and he went to... Christ of the Nations, and uh, for three years, I think it was probably one of the first students that they actually, uh, you know, granted him three years, Uh, he worked on campus, and then after that, he came up here to Minnesota, so just think, the average temperature there is 80, 85, and he came to Minnesota, and so in our old building, he was on an internship for a year. Um, and uh, was married, um, and Chandi came, and they lived in Minnesota and ministered, uh, helped with our youth, and just did a number of things here in the church and then went back to Sri Lanka. And then, bringing it to a conclusion, we, <laughs> we did an outreach in 2014 to up north. We were able to go up north in Avania. Uh It was an area that was war-torn, uh, but the war had ended, and uh, uh, Heron said, Pastor Mike, will you come up? We have some pastors. And I was like, sure, you know, we're, we're in the nation. I figured there may be five or six pastors. There's a hundred of them there. And one of the bishops of the nation, Methodist, was there. And it was an amazing meeting. Out of that meeting, shortly, a few months later, by the fall, he started Harvest Tabernacle. And they're on their ninth years of church And the stories are amazing, what's happening. Miracles, God moving, favor with the Buddhist, And so with all that, I'm going to let Heron come up here and share with you. And then at the end of the service, we'll have an opportunity for a missions offering to receive for Heron and his ministry. So with that, let's welcome Heron as he comes to share. Thank you.
1: Well... Uh, Could we give it up one more time to my mentor, your uh, pastor, Pastor Mike and Rhonda? Well, uh, praise God. When I got here on uh, Wednesday, uh, Alec gave me a warm welcome. Uh, So I want to stick with that, okay? All right. Well, uh, I bring greetings to you from uh, Harvest Tabernacle, uh, Sri Lanka, from my beautiful wife, Chandi, and our uh, lovely daughter, Anya. And I just want to uh, thank all of you for your uh, love, for your uh, friendship, and uh, for the prayers that have uh, gone from this place uh, to our nation, Sri Lanka. And and most of you know that uh, right now, our nation is uh, in the worst of where it has ever been in its history. And uh, uh, for the nation and for many out there, it's like the worst of times. But for us, in him, it's the best of times. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, so uh, that's my beautiful family, Chandi and Anya. I'm, And I, I believe most of you uh, have met them before. And uh, I just want to uh, take a, a moment to, to show you uh, a little video clip of all that has happened uh, since uh, Ron and Pastor Mike were there. Uh, in the north about nine years ago and since then uh, the progress and what the Lord has done uh, to cause his kingdom to break loose in a war-torn area. I mean it was just a broken down place and we just had a word of God but how many of you know a word from God is more than enough? Okay so we're going to run this video a little so that will give you an idea of uh, what has happened in the last nine years. I'm going to come back. All right thank
2: you. Sri Lanka is at a critical moment in its history. Years of economic mismanagement, weak governance, poor policy choices, and the impacts of external shocks such as the COVID 19 pandemic plunged the country into its worst ever crisis in 2022. Acute shortages of essential goods such as fuel and medicines, electricity, spiraling price inflation, and desperate hardship for millions of people, jeopardizing their right to health, education, and an inadequate standard of living followed. Heron and Chandi Pereira apostolic leaders with an infectious passion for the gospel are on the ground actively involved with a mission in seeing apostolic churches planted and expanded to bring hope and support to a hurting generation as founding senior pastors of harvest tabernacle and co-founders of empower global a community organization working extensively in northern sri lanka Evangelism, church plants, discipleship, children's rallies and playdays, youth, pastors and leaders' conferences, networking with other churches and ministries for regional and national transformation are some of the active ministry engagements that happen through Harvest Tabernacle. Heron is also on the leadership team of Oasis Alliance, an apostolic movement in Sri Lanka, as well as a member of the International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders and the National Convener for Elevate Sri Lanka. All around the world, friends like you are at work, breaking the cycle of poverty and bringing hope to the hurting. With your compassion, Empower Global is able to help countless people each year to bring life-changing aid to families in need through our six core programs, Hunger Relief, Water and Sanitation, Medical Care, Sustainable Livelihood, Disaster Relief and Education. Hungry families receive critical food supplies through Empower Global's hunger relief programs by joining food pantries, surplus chains and church networks. You are ensuring that suffering families receive the meals they need. One of life's biggest necessities is access to clean water and hygiene. That is one thing you are dedicated to providing for thirsty families clean water through tube wells in the dry zone of our country. Your generosity allows Empower Global to provide medical care to hurting people through medical brigades and training of local community health volunteers. Empower Global has been working to shape the future where every vulnerable child gets access to education. Together, we can bring a lasting change and prepare young people today to tackle the challenges of tomorrow. Empower Global teams are working day in and day out to provide life-changing opportunities of hope to hurting families. We can't do that without you. When you partner with Empower Global, you can have the confidence that your gift is working to break the cycle of suffering from men, women, and children in need. And for that, all we can say is thank you.
1: Well, absolutely. All we can say is thank you, Harvest. Thank you, Pastor Mike and Rhonda. You've been uh, just a tremendous uh, support and investment, and that's the fruit of what you've done over the years, time in and time out. It's 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 uh it's difficult to just get on a plane, 23 hours uh, minus all the transits and all that, to get to a far island and do what you do, and and plus. Uh, uh, Chand and I, we are like right right up there in the north. And so as you come in, you come in uh, like to Colombo, uh, to the central province, and you have to travel another six hours uh, up north. That's where the, the civil war was. So that's another uh, adding to the, the 23 plus hours of travel. But that's, the, that's what it takes, uh, a heart uh, for the harvest field. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, so I just want to uh, uh, share with you a few testimonies of what has happened actively since we've been on the ground and uh, you help us to uh, stay on the ground and i believe that this is a time for me to uh, share with you testimony and to celebrate together how god is transforming a post war uh, 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 region for his glory amen and so um, i'm just going to right okay well uh, family uh, fine near- yeah so uh, uh, this um, Uh, was a a Christmas program we did on the 24th of uh, December last year. And as you know, for two years, there were lockdowns. We couldn't uh, meet in church at Stadley's Christmas. And so we came together, the eldership of the church and said, you know what, 2022, we got the green light from the government to to have services. We said, let's take Christmas to the community. Uh, So we just opened it up for the community. We said, Please come and celebrate Christmas with us. We're going to give every kid of yours uh, a backpack and free food. When there's free food, I mean, you know, the, the defenses are kind of off. And so, so we were expecting maybe 100 would show up, 150 max. Guess what? This was taken just before we began the carols. Already the people were flooding in. It was like the floodgates were open. And the people were coming and coming and coming. This has never happened before. There were over 600 people that came. And 75%... Yes, let's give a good hand clap to Jesus. Come on. 75% you see over all Buddhists. We had the police that came. Uh, for a while to come and look what was going on, we had the military in there. We had uh, a few government heads that came and, and, and they were amazed to see how friendly we were and It was like family and and As they came in, we would uh, uh, invite them to have a, a meal and like uh, uh, fried rice and chicken and, and, and the full uh, package with, with Sri Lankan food and Then they would go in there and, and sit and then we would start the carols and the singing. And it, it was an awe moment. Like I, I've, uh, I've done a few evangelistic uh, rallies and, and, and preached the gospel like Pastor Mike would do. And in different ways. But this was beyond anything. First time speaking to a 600 plus crowd and they just kept coming. And in the middle of uh, my message, the Lord told me to tell them that God doesn't have a religion. He only has sons and daughters like you and I. And that was like Amazing. Amazing, they, they were just looking at me and, and they didn't know what to say. The, the, the people in front of me like, they were just staring and just wondering what, what's, what's all this. For the first time, I believe, they came in contact with their heavenly father. I mean, soon after the message, after all the gifts and, and harvest helped us, thank you for helping out with the kids. You do this every year and that's the testimony. We had 350 kids that showed up for the community Christmas celebration and everyone had a backpack with books and as you know, we are in crisis mode in Sri Lanka uh, uh, in general, but we are in Christ mode. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank Christ's word, uh, so we welcomed them the community to come, and everyone uh, were given uh, uh, food and their kids were, were blessed with a, uh, a backpack and 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 uh, with books and all that. some families had like three four kids, and there was no way they could have bought a backpack like if a backpack uh, cost I will say about five dollars before now it's like twenty dollars a backpack uh, just a backpack not leaving aside the books and so for a family that has about three four kids it's difficult and here they came and 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 uh, uh, they were encouraged to see the love of Christ. Amen. And, and uh, after uh, a few weeks, I mean, uh, there were several heads in the community that said, we had a wrong impression about you. We, we, we had a wrong idea about you. Uh, false things were said about you. But we saw with our own eyes how you loved on us, how you blessed us without, without any, uh, 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 anything behind. You just loved on us. Amen, And that opened the door for us to really connect with our community. And mind you, this is hostile areas. I'm talking about major hostile areas. These are pro-Buddhist communities that are so um, uh, against Christianity. But there is a way. Amen. And uh, uh, as an apostolic leader, I've, I've uh, been taught to uh, think, there is no way you can do it. Absolutely no way. There is no way in this. But, there's always a but, if there's a way, what can we do? Amen? And so, uh, uh, this, is, uh, this is my friend right here to my left. He's my school buddy, studied together in school. Uh, he's a genius in maths and, and, and uh, science, So now you know how I passed my exams, okay? <laughs> right? And I, I, was a, I was a prefect in, in school, and uh, a senior prefect and uh, like a student leader, and he would tell me in my uh, uh, high school uh, time, he said, Hiran, Hiran, what are you doing, dude? I mean, the exam is six months down the road, and, and you need to be studied. And that guy, uh, he, he picked on me all the time, and it made me have, uh, uh, maybe next to the fear of God, next to uh, like uh, passing, I had a fear of getting through uh, my exams, and so I had to uh, study, and, and he uh, really impacted my life, and so I impacted him with the gospel. One day we had this heated argument. He, he comes from a strong Catholic background, and and uh, we had a, this heated argument. I mean, because friends, I mean, we can just uh, lash it on each other, and, and you know how it is with friends, and b- best buddies. And so I got up and I said, I said, dude, I said, you're going to be converted, like Paul on the road to Damascus. And I left, and that's what happened in his life. He's he's a, a, a firebrand. He's a, he's a medical doctor that loves Jesus and shares the gospel with patients that are in the verge of uh, even passing to eternity, uh, uh, like a cardiologist. And so, uh, so, uh, uh, so a few months ago, we realized that in our community, because of the financial and economic crisis, there are many uh, elderly that are stuck in homes. There are uh, older kids go Uh, out to work in uh, early morning and they come back late at night and these elderly parents have to take care of their grandkids uh, cook for them and take care of the houses and they have underlying uh, health issues Uh, their pressure their sugar and and all of this and uh, so the elders we we said you know what let me speak to my my medical doctor friend and see whether he could come up from Colombo and so uh, if Colombo is here then that's up the north and uh, just do a medical camp. And, and we, we, uh, we said, okay, as a church, we'll see how we can uh, work on sponsoring free uh, medicine. And guess what? He just said, Heron, I'm going to do this uh, for, for what you guys are doing in the north. He came along with his uh, beautiful wife on his right side and, and his two kids. And so we had this medical camp. And boy, on a Saturday morning, here came the elderly, and, and they were treated well. And when he speaks, you feel really better when this guy speaks. I mean, he's so anointed in what he does. He said, Mama, please sit down. How can I help you? What's going on with you? And the way he talks is it, it's, it's so life-giving. It's amazing how the Lord uses every opportunity. And, and we had over 50 people that came from the community. They were checked medically. They were uh, given a free medicine. And they were so blessed. And we had even the, uh, the police uh, from the city that came. And they were there with us for a few hours. And they were uh, enjoying what we were doing. And, and said, thank you, Pastor, for reaching out to these elderly people. So that, again, created another opportunity for us to really connect with our community. Uh, this is a uh, uh, 16-year-old uh, uh, Tarushi. So a few months ago, someone at our church invited uh, Tharushi to be at one of our services. Now, now she was a staunch Buddhist, just a uh, a Buddhist, uh, uh, and and she's no believer in God. She's never been to a church, but her her neighbor, a friend, just invited her to church, and so she came, and she was seated behind there, and uh, uh, so uh, while the worship was going on, um, this other lady who invited her said, uh, Tharushi, why don't you look at the multimedia and and also sing? She said, uh, no point, uh, auntie, um, I can't see uh, the screen, I'm, I'm, I'm 80% blind. And only she said that, bang, she began to see the screen. She began to see the words. And, and uh, she was so excited. So after the worship, uh, one of my ashes uh, came and said, Pastor, pastor there, there's, a, there's an amazing testimony. And, I, uh, and this girl wants to tell something. So I said, okay, let, let's have her come. So she came forward and, and she was explaining to see how she came for the first time, not knowing Jesus. Sitting out there, no one reaching to her, no one preaching the gospel, but in the presence. Suddenly she encountered uh, the Lord's ceiling and she came boldly forward and she was And Today she's a part of the youth leadership and she is on fire for Jesus. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, this is uh, young Nethany. Uh, she's about 15 years old. She lives like if this is the church right here. And then uh, towards the uh, northeast, about three hours away, um, the, these, these are all, all uh, um, unriched people groups. Uh, so we have one or two families that come three hours away, they would come uh, to church. And uh, uh, Netni's parents, um, uh, she, she was demon possessed for over one year. Just imagine your 15-year-old kid. Your daughter or your son is demon possessed. And, and she wants to constantly commit suicide. There is like a water well in the garden. And and uh, if they don't uh, watch over, she would want to run and jump into the water or, or, or to a nearby waterway. She had like a, a, a demonic influence. And she was just horrible at home. They took her to all the witch doctors that they could imagine. Spent over $1,500 or so in, in Sri Lanka. That, that's you. That's like your life savings. and And, uh, and all of that. And finally, there was no answer. And one of our neighbors said, why don't you take uh, your daughter to this church? And so one morning, they came to church. And so at the end of the worship, uh, uh, some of us, we went to the other side of the church while the, the, the rest uh, uh, of the ministry was happening. And, and uh, one of my um, young guys were preaching. And so we just went to uh, the house and uh, just met with in the room. And um, uh, so, the parents are so worried, wondering what to do. I said, Mama, you, do you want to know whether your daughter could be delivered from this, uh, uh, being demon-possessed? You want to know whether she could or she can't? She said, yes. For over one year, she's gone to all which doctors that they could think of and no answer. And they've just said, well, let's just go to this church. I said, can I tell you something that will encourage you today? right now, your daughter is going to be set free from this oppression. And she's going to live her life the way God intended. The team came, we began to pray, not even half an hour. The demons just left her. They, they screamed and they just left her. Yeah. Hallelujah. She was delia- delivered just like that. This girl, a 15-year-old kid. And, and then she, she, uh, she, she sat down and she was like, like, wondering, wow, what is this? The presence of God. She sensed the presence of God. I said, Daughter, you may be hungry. And we, every Sunday after service, we serve lunch at our church and a lot of fellowship because people come from uh, far places. And uh, so I said, Daughter, you just go and have some lunch and just uh, um, um, be at peace. So I finished all my ministry, all that, and I, I went back to the church. And a commotion between her and her parents. Let's go home. And she said, no, I want to stay. I want to stay. And I said, let's go. We are getting late. No, I want to stay. I'm like, wow. They said, uh, I, I said, daughter, do you want to stay? I said, you just stay there just for a few more moments. I said, uh, mom, dad, just let her just stay there just a few more moments. So she was seated in church. Imagine a 15-year-old kid in church telling her dad and mom, I want to stay, reminded me. Of Jesus when he was 12 years old in Jerusalem. Amen. Just like that. So after I said, daughter, you go back and you're going to come back again. Just keep coming back. And, and today she's a part of the family. And, and her testimony has opened doors to many others in this place. And we've already started a, a church plant program and once a month, we have meetings there, little by little. It's growing. And we'll sometimes we have about 40, 50 people that come for prayer just because one life was touched, because one life was set free. And that's what you do to help us <laughs> be on the ground and uh, change and transform these uh, lives and communities. This is Jaya Singha, and that's uh, his, his wife, Rani. And so um, um, a few, uh, about two years ago... Uh, Uh, One day we were visiting this community because some of our church folks come from here. And so we would visit the community. And this lady, she she stopped me while I was driving in my vehicle. She stopped me at the uh, top of the lane and said, Pastor, please, can you visit our home and pray for my husband? I said, okay. And so we finished all our meetings and it was uh, uh, later in the day. And so I remembered uh, uh, this lady's request. So we went in there. And so, uh, their house is like this, just, uh, maybe just, uh, if this is like, uh, just one third of this platform is their house, that's that's how it is, it's just so remote, you have no clue, believe me, so, uh, that's all their house, and and, uh, and so, uh, then she was at the entrance and said, pastor, my husband is there, please pray for him, so I didn't know what the deal was, so we had a team in there, we, we kind of went in, and it was just a shed, can you see, that's, it's a shed there. Uh, uh, a mud hut and that, that's wow see that chair I mean that that's probably the only chair they have see how lovely that is okay that's how it is so I just I just went in there and then he was on a he was laid on a plank and he could see he, he was bare like uh, he had in the shirt or something and you could count his ribs he was just like uh, his skin was like stuck to his bones or whatever uh, 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 he was like that lying on a on a plank, that was his bed. There was a little cardboard box or uh, uh, towards the end there. That was their wardrobe. There was a little plank stuck on the wall. That was their pantry and their kitchen. That's how it is. And uh, so I went and I said, uh, I said, uh, Dad, I said, Dad, do you want to live? He started struggling. Ah, 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 ah. He's just struggling. And he said, he was trying, yes, I want to live. He had two young guys at that time. And uh, so his older uh, son was next to me and he was like this, giving me the look. Because they are staunch Buddhists, they don't care nothing about God. And uh, I said, uh, well, uh, his name was Lakshan. I said, Lakshan, would you like, uh, like to come uh, tomorrow morning? We are having some fellowship and some uh, food at the church. We would love for you to come. And he was just waiting like that. He didn't even respond to me. And then uh, we all came around the dad's bed And we began to pray and call in new life. Call in the resurrection power of Jesus. And we rebuked that spirit of cancer. He had cancer. And he had gone home just two weeks to live. The hospital said, take your husband home. There's nothing else we can do. Two weeks more to live. And that's all. And that's the state he was. And we began to pray. And we began to prophesy and call in uh, uh, the the spirit of life over him. So we uh, uh, wished everyone. We went our way. Next morning, I'm at the church, and this dude is seated there. Like eight thirty, our service starts at about nine o'clock. He's seated there. And I'm like, "Why are you here?" He got up. He said, "He said, Pastor, Pastor. I said, yeah. So, he's like, Pastor, you don't believe what happened, whatever. So." So I'm No, I'm giving him the look. Okay, I'm like, okay, this is my turn now. I mean, we just have fun at church anyway. So I'm like, so, okay, what is it? He, he said, Pastor, when I got up this morning, I heard my dad, he was out sweeping the garden and I was so shocked that I got here today. I was so shocked to see him. He didn't even move in weeks, amen. He didn't even move in weeks and when I got up in the morning, there he was in the garden and he was sweeping the garden. Amen. So, this is what it does. And, and today they are believers. So, several months after that, uh, the, the, the wife sent words and Pastor, when, you, when you, you come by, please come and visit us. We want to see you. And so uh, a few months later, I went and uh, so she was there uh, in the house. And I said, where, where is your husband? He said, Pastor, there, there, there he is. I mean, way down the garden, this guy is cultivating. He's like uh, digging uh, drenchers. And, and I said, dude, get here, man. Get here, i here. He's like running away. And he said, Pastor, Pastor. And then I am saying, wow, you kind of got your hair back. See, he's got his hair back. He's got new life. Thank you, Harvest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and they are believers in Jesus. This, uh, this daughter, her name is Esther. She's about seven years old. And uh, when she was about one year old, her father left her and her ma- mom. Sing- uh, she was a single parent and brought her up. But uh, two months ago, uh, one morning, the mom said, hey, let's go to the nearby shop. So she was in a bicycle riding with her mom. And then the mom gave her some money and said, uh, why don't you go and buy Uh, some milk from the uh, grocery store and so when the daughter uh, bought uh, the milk and came back mom was missing so she like cycled a seven-year-old kid on a little bike cycled the length and the breadth of the village trying to find mom couldn't find her went to the next village and tap at the door met her grandma and said, uh, Grandma, I can't find mom. I I don't know where she is. Grandma got on the phone and said, Hey, where are you? Your daughter is looking for you. She said, I don't want my daughter. I'm not coming back. I had it with all of you. And uh, she was like uh, three hours away from home and she just uh, uh, disowned her daughter and that was it. So this grandma had to take her to the police and lodge an entry and keep her in her house. So this happened on a Friday. On Sunday uh, during worship, we have kids. They, you can't keep them quiet. They want to get the flags out and they want to flag. So we, our, our place is a bit smaller. And so, uh, so it's all crowded. The kids are coming and they're flagging. And uh, I kind of saw this uh, kid on Sunday, mind you. She was at church. And so uh, like at the end of um, worship and we were just at a time of prophetic ministry and, 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 mini- and all of that. And then I kind of saw her just making her way through the crowd. She took a flag and she tried to come forward. But because there were so many kids uh, out there and, and flagging, they have, she had no room. She went back. And I'm thinking all her life, she had had rejection. And now she just wanted to come and, and flag for Jesus. And it seems like again, rejection. I just called one of my elders and said, get Esther to come on stage. And so she came, she came on stage. I said, daughter, you flag for Jesus. You flag for Jesus. We are not in a hurry. You flag for Jesus. She was flagging and flagging and flagging. I was just looking at her and my, my tears are rolling down my cheeks. And I'm wondering, Lord, what is my issue? What is my problem? Here is a daughter. Her dad left her when she was one. Uh, one year old. Her mom leaves, leaves her when she is seven years old. She can curse you, curse the church, curse everyone and be bitter with everyone and, and go her way. But here she's at church. She's on stage flagging for Jesus. Amen. Amen. What's my problem? What's our problem? A seven-year-old kid. Why? Because the church is a safe place. It's a hope center. Amen. And lastly, this is... Uh, one of the three church plants. Two years ago, we started Sunday services at this place. This is, a, this is a, it's like a 20 kilometers, if that's the church, uh, the Harvest Tabernacle. 20 kilometers northeast. This way, Pastor Mike and Rhonda has been to Trinco, uh, So it's, it's in the east, a lovely uh, place for uh, uh, anyone who, who loves the ocean. And, 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 and all of that, that's the place, Trinko Mali, okay? You, you ask them. <laughs> but don't ask uh, Caleb, all right? <laughs> anyway, it's a joke. So uh, between Trinko to Waunia, uh, there's like hundreds of villages unreached. Hundreds of villages unreached. There are unreached people groups. And so God has given us a vision to start branch churches In significant locations. And it takes about five years. Yes, not five days. Not not five months. It takes about five years to finally get it going. Why? You have to find the, the man of peace. Or the family of peace in that area. Meet with them. Have a little prayer once in a way. Then have a monthly prayer. Have a weekly prayer. Get a few others to come and join the prayer. Be blessed through the prayer. And then uh, we have a bit of opposition and, and the, uh, the, the, the Buddhist monks would kind of uh, uh, hit you hard and, and you just need to kind of uh, hang in there. You just need to hang in there. And it's only after about five, six years, like once they're a bit used to this crazy hauling and, and screaming of the, of the um, church uh, that they kind of, after all their efforts, little by little, there's a giant on the inside of you. I mean, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So it has taken us about six long years to come to this place. And now we have every Sunday, we have service in this particular village, about 20 kilometers from uh, Harvest. And these are Harvest Tabernacle, Bogasvava branch. And we have about, uh, in general, we have about 30 people there. And uh, these are the leadership. And, 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 and all of them, uh, most of them, they go to Harvest Leadership Institute for their Bible school training. And also, uh, they are in the ministry. And uh, this, this lady uh, right at the corner here, thats a, she and her husband, about four years ago, she has um, uh, three daughters. She committed suicide, uh, attempt, committed suicide, ended up in hospital on her dying bed. A young mom with three kids because she was so miserable. The church went in there, pleaded with God that He would give her a second chance. She's a fantastic. Uh, minister of the gospel. She preaches. My, you think I, I'm a good preacher? I'm nothing. Come on. I, I'm just hanging in there. They are preachers. They are fiery preachers. One day the chief monk in this village came face to face with and said, what is this nonsense? We don't, we don't tolerate this in, in our village. We are a pro-Buddhist village, the chief monk of the village. She, she said, uh, chief monk, people want prayer. And this is a, a house of prayer. They come to for their prayer needs. And she stood her ground, and then he just walked away. Amen. I that's how they are. All of them are radical. All of them are radical. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, in the in the last six years, we have had uh, uh, three church plants, and uh, this is already happening every week. And there are two other church plants that we plan in the next one year or so uh, to start uh, church services. So it's it's a process. There's a lot of uh, endurance, patience, but uh, we are an overcoming kingdom. Amen. And so no matter what, the Lord has given us his, uh, his word, his spirit that allows us to, to reach out. There are 25 districts in Sri Lanka and Vaunia is one of the poorest districts. And, uh, most of them are day wage earners. They, they earn less than $10 a day. It's just, uh, unbelievable. It's like feeding the 5,000. We have to believe God for everything. It's a struggle. Yes, it's a struggle. But we can. Amen. And I, I want to encourage you uh, today. We couldn't do all of this without your uh, partnership, without without family. It's like for me, home away from home. This is my, 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 my second home. Hallelujah. And uh, Pastor Mike just uh, mentioned to you almost uh, 21 years ago, I was seated somewhere there like uh, my good friend uh, Mikey's, and um, so Pastor Steve and Pastor um, Pete and Pastor Mike was then, and uh, uh, Pastor Pete uh, just singled me out and said, um, young man, you are running with all your might, but in the wrong direction. If you surrender your life today to God, he will make up for your lost years. And I was Um, dying on the inside I've been I I was into business and it all collapsed and I I was just uh, into financial debt and it was horrible it was a difficult time in Sri Lanka and I was just uh, dying on the inside and with no purpose and just uh, so miserable and then um, uh, he said come forward so when I came forward pastor Mike you know your pastor he, he 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 caught me and like it was a little smaller hall, a reception hall like this, smaller than this. He caught me, and he, he ran with me all around the hall. I'm running, I'm like, is this real? Is this real? I mean, I, I was just totally lost and, and there was no hope. I'm running, but I'm thinking, uh, is this real? So he, he, he ran, I think, about two rounds. And, and you know, your, your past is pretty fit, okay? And uh, so he, he ran and then he got on stage and he, he gave me the mic and said, Preach! I'm like, I don't know what to say. I, I was stuttering. And then, then I remembered the Lord's word over me. He said, I've called you as a preacher to preach my gospel. And he said, Pastor Mike said, um, he said, uh, son, God is giving you a second chance. And I began to uh, say a few things and they, they began to prophesy. And that was a turning point in my life. Hallelujah. 2002 was a turning point. Amen. And uh, I just went to my local Bible school, uh, HLI. And uh, while I was there, doing my uh, one year, I applied to Christ of the Nations. And Lord behold, I got a full uh, scholarship, came in 2004, came to Alec. Amen. In 2004, when you were meeting at the Discovery School. So I was with you from day one, okay? I was with you, even though I was away from you. I, I, I've been with, with the ministry for 23 years, I guess. In, in the year 2000, you met at Pastor... Uh, Mike's and Rhonda's home and then over there. And so I would see how um, uh, that was his trailer. And and after the Sunday service, uh, Pastor Mike would uh, uh, kind of uh, get all the musical stuff and the sounds in there. And and, I mean, he leads from the front. Amen. Hallelujah. These guys lead from the front. And I, I would see that so, so faithful with the cause. And I believe Pastor Mike and Rhonda wouldn't have ever imagined that something like this would come to pass after 23 years, and over the years, I've seen how how they've been so faithful, and 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 uh, when when the chips were down, when the chips were up, they just kept going and going and going. I mean, it's tough, especially in 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 these weather conditions and all that. But as you kept going, I I told you I feel for you. <laughs> okay, I feel for you. Come on. At at least at least today, I have I have uh, something of what you have all the time. Okay. <laughs> And uh, so I've seen over the years of God has uh, brought increase and he has uh, blessed the faithfulness of this house. And not, not only that you are blessed, you have also reached your um, uh, 10 pegs, you have reached uh, your arms across the nations, right around the globe and you've blessed us. And uh, in 2014, as, as uh, the missions team from Harvest, they, they came to Colombo up north. And out of that conference, pastor's conference, was birth, harvest, tabernacle. Amen. And so since then, God has given us a lot of inroads into the communities. We've had youth camps and some of those youth camps, Pastor Mike and Rhonda, Kathleen has been here, a few others have been here, um, uh, Caleb and, and, and Destiny and, 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 and Pastor Steve and, and, and Dave and all of them. And so we've been able to reach out to the children, to the youth, And to the adults. And um, uh, when Pastor Mike uh, prophesied over Sri Lanka, I was there. Real time. I was there seated. And uh, he said, uh, the minority, come on, shall be the majority. And I believe. I was there. I heard it. And I had no clue that God is going to catapult us to the north and do what we are doing. So when we went there, 2014, there was a minority. There was like about 10 to 12 people there. And as we were faithful and and with uh, the encouragement and the support over the years from you, year after year after year. Today, we are the largest Sinhala-speaking congregation church in northern Sri Lanka. Our kids are close to about 8,500. All around They're they are widespread. Come on. Let's give a good hand clap to Jesus. Amen. Amen. And Vaunia is like the gateway. It's like the first District in the north that connects the entire north with the south. So we are in a strategic place, and we understand that God has us in a significant place for his end time harvest um, of souls. And uh, yes, it's tough, it's rough, but as we are faithful, and, and with your help and blessing, we have seen progress. And already a few other churches have been planted in total remote areas, and we have the greatest of opportunities. Just imagine, think of that. You and I, we have the greatest privilege to lead someone to Christ. Amen? That someone would someday go into eternity and you are the clink and the hands and feet of Jesus to lead that someone to spend all eternity with Him. Hallelujah. In my closing uh, few moments, I want to leave with you A word that God gave for this house. A legacy worth living. A legacy worth living. Hebrews 12 and verse 2 speaks about how we need to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When I look at Hebrews 12 and verse 2, the Lord gave me three significant words about love, life and legacy. And you cannot look to Jesus without loving him. There's something about loving him. Amen. Zacchaeus wanted to look at Jesus. So he climbed a sycamore tree. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. Mary saw him as her Messiah. Martha, her sister, saw Jesus in a different way. And so Jesus tells Martha, 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 you are troubled with many things. But your sister Mary has found the better way. Amen. How you pursue Jesus, how you look at Jesus, determines how you are going to walk with him. Amen. Adam and Eve were supposed to look at God and fellowship with God. But Eve chose to look elsewhere. She was looking in the wrong direction. Because she was looking in the wrong direction, she was deceived. And Adam was deceived. Looking is a choice, it's a sacrifice, it's a faith act, it's an obedience act. Lot was looking in the wrong direction. In fact, Lot's wife was looking in the wrong direction, and she ended up there you go, a pillar of salt. It says, um, He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the author of life. He's the bread of life. He's the door to everlasting life. Today you may be in a place where you are thinking, I don't know whether I could do all that. It's, it's beyond me. It's not me. I would never amount to anything good. You know what? As you look to Him, you begin to love Him. You begin to live for Him. And His life begins to flow through you. Amen. Author speaks of founder, leader, perfect. He wants to perfect. He wants to complete that which He started at salvation. Salvation is just an experience. But He wants to walk with you this journey even as you focus your eyes on Him to transform your life so that you would look like Him. You will be like Him. Like in Acts 4 and verse 30 says, as they saw these disciples, they were uneducated. They were not accepted in society. But they realized that these disciples were with Jesus. They chose to look at Jesus. Even as they looked at Jesus, the love of Jesus, the love and the life of Jesus began to resonate on the inside of them. And they began to be transformed just like Him. The Lord wants to complete some of the work he has started in your life. In 2002, when God spoke to me, he gave me an opportunity to look to him. And I had to fix my eyes on Jesus. There there were challenges, there were circumstances. I lived here for four years. Boy, it's it's wonderful. I mean, you are in the most prestigious, in the most uh, blessed places on the face of the earth. Amen? Absolutely. And I believe God has you here for a purpose. God has us there for a purpose. This is a mission field right here. We heard in the news yesterday, last night, I mean, the shooting and this, this uh, deputy officer, he, he had to uh, lay his life down and his family and, and, and the pain goes on and go, goes on. Evil is rampant all around society. It's not, not it's, it's at your doorstep. And we never know when God is going to call us home. But I want to leave you with this thought. What are you building? Are you looking at him? Or, you, or are you looking in the wrong direction? Because one day, when heaven calls you home, you have to leave something behind. And that's what you call legacy. Amen? Legacy, my friends, is a lasting impact. God has called you to impact the world. And not the world to impact you and I. This world cannot save this generation. But God is raising up a generation of you and I to save this world. Hallelujah. And he cannot do it with you and I if we are looking, come on, in the wrong direction. Harvest encourages you. Harvest walks with you to help you look in the right direction. To look unto Jesus. He cannot use you or, or cause his life to flow through you if you are not looking at him. To look at him, there's something called liquid love. The more you look at him, the more you begin begin to love him. First is discipline. One time ago, I don't know if Pastor Mike remembers, he gave me a, a t-shirt, a Marine's t-shirt, a black one with white lettering. Pastor Mike has a lot of that, okay, all right. So, so you know what? You know where I'm coming from. And so it says here, discipline is laziness leaving your body. Discipline is the first step. It's difficult, but it's possible. As you discipline yourself to look to him, to, uh, to be distracted from the Lord. When you're attracted to him, you're distracted from the world. And I believe this is a time, this is a a call that goes out to you because God wants to do something powerful through you. Just imagine God would take this guy and do something so powerful in northern Sri Lanka. I mean, we are creating history there. Already we are the largest single congregation church. It's like a a Jew going into a, a Muslim community. Having church. Mike, that's how it is. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, not even heard of. But a word from God. Amen. There is a way when you come by the way of the cross. Catherine Kuhlman once said, God will use anyone if that anyone is willing to pay the price. Are you living for you or are you living for Him? Because on reward day, You have to leave excuses at the end of the door and you have to enter by yourself. Amen? It's a bit of a hard word but I believe that it's a word of love to encourage you and to tell you that there's destiny on the inside of you. As you begin to discipline yourself to look at Him, to long for Him, to desire Him, His life is going to flow, his love is going to flow on the inside of you and you begin to gradually move from discipline to desire and you begin to desire his presence, you begin to love the things he loves and hates the things he hates and that comes into a place of delight he's your delight, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere that's what it is folks as you discipline yourself, as you desire yourself, you come into a place of delight. And that's what we are in the north. Yes, if they catch me, they'll kill me. That's, that's how it is. Simple as that. To live is Christ. And you fill in the blank after that. For us to do what it takes, for us to do what it is, for you to do what it is, it's the, the, the desire, the delight that God has for you and I. Amen. And I would end with this. The great Billy Graham once said, Sin is the second greatest force in the universe for it sent Jesus to the cross. There is one greater, the love of God. And that's what you are about. You are lovers of God. And as you keep loving Him, as you keep living for Him, you're going to leave a lasting impact that you call legacy for Him. God bless you.
0: Stay up here, Heron. <clears throat> Stand with me, if you would, please. Heron is going to be out in the lobby and answer questions and talk. Uh, in a moment here, we want to receive a special missions offering. Uh, how many know now why we do what we do at Harvest and so into these nations? Uh, you know, the scripture says in Genesis that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void without form. And it says what? It says the Holy Spirit began to move upon the face of the earth. How long did the Holy Spirit move until something happened? I don't know. Maybe it was five seconds, five years. Maybe it was 5,000 years. Nothing happened until God spoke. And so the gospel needs to be spoken. We can pray 24 hours a day. 365 days a year, and nobody's going to get saved. It doesn't mean prayer doesn't work. But prayer and speaking matters. Preaching matters. It's with saved souls. And so God works with both of them. So we need to be a church that's about the preaching, the speaking, the praying, and the giving. Amen? Amen. Whatever you had bowed here, I'm going to just ask Heron to lead those here this morning. That you don't know the Lord. You have not been looking unto Jesus. You've been looking away, and you need Christ in your life today. Today is a day of new beginnings for you. Today is a day of surrender. Today is a day you change camps, one from the enemies, moving into God's camp of eternal life. And if that's you, I would ask you to pray with Heron as he leads us in a prayer of salvation. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
1: Father, we thank you for this holy moment. And Lord, as there are dear brothers and sisters in this place, and some of them may not know you, but you know them. In fact, you know them by name. And so, Father, I thank you for your liquid love that has reached out to where they are, to lift them up and to draw them to where you are. And Father, even as your word says, as you knock, the door shall be open. Seek and you shall find. Ask and you shall receive. And as they seek you, as they ask for everlasting life, as they ask you to come into their hearts and to be their Lord and Savior. Father, today, right now, right here, I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of everlasting life. From this moment onwards, folks, you have the greatest privilege in your life here on earth to know that your eternity is secure in Him that you could spend all eternity in heaven with your heavenly father lord bless them and lord prosper them and lord even as they draw nigh unto you lord the bible says that will draw nigh unto them in jesus name